No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. Hello there. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whoever you are, wherever you are. Whatever you are. It's Friday night here on the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack is bland brand no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast here on D-Life. An absolute pleasure to be with you once again. I hope you had a lovely week because I certainly did. And as always, we've got so much to get through and so little time. But we're going to have a little fun along the way. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to tell me about the wonderful weekend that you've got planned ahead, Woodchip TV with a diamond kicking us off. Thank you for the Diamond Woodchip TV. Lemon Up, check your Twitter. Show that. Lemon Up. Okay, I'll have a look at the Twitter during the commercial break. During the commercial break. Thank you very much. Woodchip TV. Uh, then you can follow me if you want to get in touch. Follow me on Twitter like Woodchip TV has. Can we start again? Fuck this. <laughs> Minister of Fun, Kimmy with the Diamond. JJ has been fart raping us. Got the fart rape, rape clip. I don't. No, no. <laughs> See, look, I'm 30 seconds into the show. I've already got two requests. Just let me let me ease into this. <laughs> I have stuff, you know. <laughs> Boogie, do this one. <laughs> Boogie, play this clip. Hey, come on. Don't you want to say, I, do I normally not bring you good stuff? Are you usually disappointed with the things that I have? Come on now. You're going to like what I've got to show you tonight. So <laughs> thank you for joining us. If you'd like to uh, leave a tip during tonight's proceedings, then the preferred method is, of course, dlive.tv slash boogiebumper, or you can hit the link over there, streamlabs.com slash boogiebumper, but I don't think Streamlabs is working for some reason, so I don't know what to tell you. DLive.tv slash Boogie Bumper, though. That's the way the cool kids do it. Um, <laughs> it is Friday night, and I do have uh, a few items for you. I, I try to have a little bit more fun on a Friday, but I don't know if you're going to be able to have fun with this first item that I'm going to show you. You're supposed to have fun with the first item that I have because apparently it's comedy. You know comedy? <laughs> yeah, I like comedy. I like comedy too, bro. Everybody likes comedy. <laughs> Well, thank you. Frozen Asian with a diamond. Well, you said leave a tip. So here, thank you, Frozen Asian. If you'd like to leave 1,000 diamonds, <laughs> then you can do so by following me, dlive.tv slash boogiebubba. If you would like to invite, uh, say, 10,000 of your friends to leave a diamond, that would be great. Just 10,000. I'm not greedy. 10,000 friends, and then I can quit my job. By the way, they have to show up, like, every month. <laughs> then I'll quit my job. Um, so we all like comedy, don't we? Yay, yay, comedy, woo! Are you ready to laugh? Well, the first item I have for you tonight, I'm going to bring to you, uh, it was shown to me, I did a show early this morning called The Starting Block with my best mate, Greeno, uh, dlive.tv slash The Starting Block, one word, drop the K at the end, no K at the end. Holy shit! 
Nine on Woodchip TV dropping a guinea on us. Thank you so much. Very generous. Take this and fart your homo your hormones off. Same shit, different day. <laughs> I have no idea what you mean, but okay. I'll fart my hormones off. <laughs> I'll fight I'll fart my boobies off. How do you like that? Farting is the releasing of estrogen. Of course, when I fart, it smells like rose petals, though. Let's be honest here. So, the first item I have for you. Greeno showed me this clip this morning on the starting block. And I said, oh, well, I absolutely have to show this on the Daily Boogie. Because I know you're all great fans of comedy. I'll see you now. See you in hell. So, let's open this up. Who here has heard of Sarah Cooper? Now, Sarah Cooper is apparently the next big thing in comedy, ladies and gentlemen. She's huge. She's tomorrow's celebrity. And this is good, like, because if there's any budding, if there's any people out there with any kind of budding talent in the comedic realm, I'm no comedian. I openly admit that. I'm not a comedian. I'm a fan of comedy, but I'm not a comedian. <laughs> JJ Stoner, thank you for the diamond and hope you're recovering well. A tip, watch Joy of Pessy at midnight tonight for fun. There you go, Joy of Pessy. Midnight tonight and midnight tomorrow night. Joy of Pessy, dlife.tv slash joy of Pessy. So I'm no comedian. I'm a, I'm a guy, I'm a non-comedian who can sometimes f say funny things, but I'm not a comedian. This apparently is a comedian. This is the next, this is the next arc of the comedians. This is the future of comedy you're about to see here. Because this woman has apparently been taking the comedy world by storm so much so that she got invited onto Australian television to talk about her journey, right? To talk about how her inspirational comedy is taking the world by storm. So maybe, and I'm sure you're all going to think this is fucking hilarious. Maybe we should just play the clip and you tell me what you think. Let's have a look here at Sarah Cooper the next big thing in comedy. Let's have a look. I tested very positively in a in another sense. So this morning, yeah, I tested positively toward negative, right? So no, I tested uh, perfectly this morning. Meaning, meaning I tested negative. She's the Trump TikTok sensation of the corona crisis. Her hilarious takes on the president's press briefings captivating millions. Two men word in the chat with the sarcastic, I assume. <laughs> Do you ever get the feeling that some some acts, some some people in the entertainment world? Woodchip TV with a diamond. I tested positive for being narcissistic, and that's a negative, so I've been told, but I think it's a positive. <laughs> Thank you so much. Do you ever get the feeling like some people in the entertainment realm are how can I say this? artificially blasted and pushed to the front of the queue for various hmm, how shall I say it born gifts <laughs> for various uncontrollable traits. Do you ever get that feeling? Do you ever get that impression? So let me explain something here. 
And listen, listen again to the way it's described, which is the funniest part of it. That, the funniest part is the description that she gets on this television show. Meaning, meaning I tested negative. She's the Trump TikTok sensation of the corona crisis. Yep. Her hilarious takes on the president's press briefings captivating millions. <laughs> it sounds like a used car salesman trying to sell you a fucking lemon, doesn't it? Don't you just get that feeling? <laughs> She's the Trump TikTok TikTok sensation who's captivating millions. She's her hilarious takes. You know what I mean? It's like, well, this see this Ford Fiesta has only been driven off off the lot once. It was only owned by one previous owner, only driven on Sundays. It comes with four brand new tires. <laughs> you can't go wrong with this car. It's the best car on the lot. A hilarious take, yeah. What take here? So if you haven't picked up on it yet, this this whole woman's act is miming to Donald Trump statements. I'm not even joking. She mimes Trump's speech. <laughs> Her hilarious take. Now, what I said on a starting block, and I've been thinking about it, I think I'm right here. How is that a take? That's not a take. Right? She has no take. She's miming something that somebody else says. That's not a take. That's not even an impression. It's a mime. Gypsy with the diamond. Thank you for the diamond, Gypsy. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamond from, Gypsy? Reason number 63,839 to ban TikTok. But then you would be missing out on all of this comedy. You see, this is comedy here. Are you not a fan of comedy? Let's keep it going. Let's keep the... Who wants... Are you ready to laugh? Huh? Come on. If we didn't do any testing, we would have very few cases. If we didn't do any testing, we would have very few cases. Comedian Sarah Cooper's uncanny lip syncing. Comedian Sarah Cooper's uncanny lip syncing. <laughs> She's literally the Millie Vanilli of comedy. What was the name of Jessica Simpson's uh, sister who got caught lip syncing on stage once? That's that's what this is. But I, I'm old enough to remember a time when we would criticize people who lip sync. We'd say, well, you don't really have talent. You can't do it live. You don't deserve the accolades because you're not even saying stuff. You're just lip syncing. You're not even singing the song. Now, <laughs> her amazing, her hilarious takes. Millions of people captivated. Ben K. Veritas with the diamond. Same as calling Stelter political analysis. Oh! Uh-oh! Boom! Shakalaka! <laughs> she's not even saying jokes. She's not writing jokes. She's not saying... She's not even speaking her own voice. She's lip-syncing somebody else. Her hilarious takes are captivating millions. <laughs> Really? Okay. I mean, all right, let's give her a... Come on now. She, she could be good. She could be good. <laughs> Phobic Cruise. Come on, Boogie. An impression would require writing. <laughs> no, thinking is much better. She's not even... You can't even say she's a mime because she's not even doing like a Marcel Marceau level of miming here. You know, stuck in a box. She doesn't even have the action. She's not even putting on face paint. She's just miming stuff. Anyway, let's carry on. Let's let's see why she's the, the queen of comedy now. We didn't do any testing. We would have very few cases. 
Comedian Sarah Cooper's Comedian. uncanny lip-syncing of Trump's most bizarre comments has seen her amass a million Twitter followers. A million Twitter followers. Just like that. Just like that, huh? This is the comedy version of Vanders Owens. And, you know, yeah, she does make some funny faces. I'll give her that. But, you know, she is an immigrant. <laughs> she, of course she looks funny. I didn't mean that. Come on, that was too easy. See, <coughs> what she's doing is like the next level of comedy. I make one little racist joke and then all of a sudden, boo! Boo, that's not funny. Oh, this is? Come on now. And had us in stitches, whether it's his titles of self-medicating. So I'm taking the two, the zinc and the hydroxy. And all I can tell you is, so far I seem to be okay. Or his mind-blowing medical advice. Remember, she's a comedian. Yes, Ashley Simpson. Thank you, Iceman. That hasn't been checked, but you're going to test it. Right, and then I see the disinfectant, where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that? Uh, by injection inside or... Okay, so she looks off to the camera and does kind of a funny face whilst mouthing what Trump says. This is comedy now. Comedy. Comedy. <laughs> I caught a bit of Nightwave last night. And the uh, topic, follow Nightwave, by the way, dlive.tv slash Nightwave Radio. And the topic of Dane Cook came up and people were criticizing Dane Cook. And yeah, I get it. But I think what people fail to mention, like, because I I I think Dane Cook's fucking hilarious, or at least he was. But I acknowledge the fact that he didn't have very good punchlines. Dane Cook was all delivery and average punchlines, right? So I understand that. He wasn't like a great joke. He wasn't a great joke writer. He was a great joke teller, if that makes sense. But this is neither joke writing nor joke telling. This is just miming. It's 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 pretend. It's make believe. Oh, she's she's captivating millions of people around the world with her hilarious takes. Her hilarious takes on Donald Trump's press conferences. <laughs> Okay. I mean, shit, even Alec Baldwin is funnier than this. And see, this is the problem, right? This is the problem with political comedy now. And it never used to be this way, but this is the problem now. I suspect a whole bunch of people will say it's funny just because it's making fun of Donald Trump, even though they don't laugh. You know what I mean? Or... They're forcing themselves to laugh in a kind of subconscious way. <laughs> yeah, because Trump's silly. <laughs> but the litmus test is always, well, do it to some other politician. Is it as funny then? <laughs> but the problem is, if I come out and say, hey, this isn't funny. What are you laughing at? I haven't smirked. This, I don't find this funny at all. You know what happens next, right? Oh, you must be one of those fucking Trump supporters. I don't care. If somebody makes fun of Donald Trump in a funny... Oh, I'm not fucking emotionally attached to the guy. You know, I'm not white-knighting for him. I don't care. Make fun of whoever you want. If it's funny, I'll laugh at it. But this is the accusation you get now. If you don't laugh at somebody making fun of a politician, you'll be accused of supporting that politician. 
time and time and time and time again. Don't think John Oliver's funny? Well, you must be one of those maggotards. You know what I mean? It's like, uh... And we were talking about it on the starting block, Stephen Colbert, right? The Colbert Report was fucking hilarious. It was one of my favourite shows when it was on. Ironically, Stephen Colbert was far funnier when he was pretending to be a Republican than he is playing himself, which has got to be, it's got to be, you know, unfortunate. It's got to be unfortunate for Steve. When he was pretending to be a Republican, man, the guy would fucking kill. He would slaughter. <laughs> but now it's he's turned his platform, he's, t- he's turned his whole act into, oh, well, you know, Trump, this is Trump, oh, fucking Trump, oh, oh no, Trump, Trump, China, and just doing bad Trump impressions. That's it now. And I don't laugh because it's not funny. If it was funny, I'd laugh at it. And I watch the people who do laugh and I think, really, do you really find this funny? <laughs> yeah, because Trump's dumb. Trump's an idiot. Right. So it's funny because you don't like Trump, right? And I think that's what's happening here. And you have to understand, because she's about to get interviewed on this show, believe it or not, the project. You have to understand the project here is, you know, you can imagine what it is, right? Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. I'll see you I'll in hell. See you in hell. The project here is hosted by a guy named Walid Ali. Uh, it's not known for its very pro-Trump stance on anything, right? And they have you know, very obvious uh, political views, put it that way. So she's about to get interviewed by this guy because she's the next big thing in comedy. She doesn't write comedy. She doesn't perform comedy. She lip syncs somebody else. That's it. That's all she does. Or almost a cleaning. Trump's not a fan. He blocked her on Twitter a few years back. But Cooper says she'll keep mimicking him as long as her head writer gives her the material. Yeah, but MAGA is make America great again. By the way, they love Africa. See, what material? <laughs> what material are we talking about? She's not doing material. African American people, they love black people. MAGA loves the black people. Sarah, thanks so much for speaking to us Here we tonight. go. Thank you for having me. Now, look, you seem like a perfectly normal, lovely human being. Where do you find this in a character? Where do you find this? Tell me about your character. <laughs> it's a character. I'm playing a character. Really? What's your character? My character is me pretending to to lip sync to Donald Trump. That's my character. Wow. What a what a, what a hell of a fucking what a stretch for you. I imagine, you know, months and months agonizing. Is this method acting? <laughs> Tell us about your character development. <laughs> Henry St. George Tucker Bumper Why in the chat. This calls into question all previous laughter. <laughs> Um, I find it from my inner desire to not be normal. My- <laughs> Hear that? Have a listen. Having me. Now, look, you seem like a perfectly normal, lovely human being. Where do you mm. find this in a character? Um, I find it from my inner desire to not be normal. So she's just, see, she's just so quirky. I'm just so quirky about stuff. I'm sitting here in my normal house in front of a normal painting on a normal wall in my normal outfit with my normal makeup and my normal hair doing a normal interview on a normal TV show because I'm just so quirky and weird. 
Because I'm so quirky and edgy and funny. <laughs> I have a desire not to be normal. Exactly. I'm kooky and quirky. <laughs> it takes a lot of kookiness and quirkiness to be able to lip sync somebody else. I mean, she's a genius, this kid. My inner desire to talk my way out of every situation is something I've always wished I could do. And so I'm Thank always jealous of people that can just kind of use their charm and their words to just make people think whatever they want. And all of a sudden, you the whole world is in your hands. And uh, he's able to- I got the whole world in my hands. So if you see the subtext to that, she's actually jealous. This is jealousy. This this comes from a place of jealousy. Have a listen again. Out of every situation, it's something I've always wished I could do. And so I'm always jealous. Let me go back. Normal, lovely human being. Where do you find this in a character? Um, I find it from my inner desire to not be normal. My inner <laughs> desire to talk my way out of every situation. It's something I've always wished I could do. And so I'm always jealous of people that can just kind of use their charm and their words to just make people think whatever they want. And all of a sudden you, the whole world is in your hands and uh, he's able to just talk his way into the presidency. So. <laughs> the criticism, the criticism of Trump in this, from this lovely young lady is that he was just able to talk his way into the presidency. I'm sorry, sweetheart. How do you think any politician gets elected? <laughs> you know, I just, I don't think it's right. He talked his way into the presidency. Right. And how did Barack Obama become president? Do you think he won it in a fucking poker game? You know what I mean? <laughs> how do you think Obama got Did he win a raffle ticket? They all talk their way. Everybody talks their way into every job. Now, I can see why you would be upset about this because you've made a living now not talking at all. <laughs> Do you see the irony here? All comedians talk their way into fame. That, into fame. That's what comedy is, is, being able to say things and have people laugh. A television host talks his way into that job. The guy she's being interviewed by talked his way into that job. That's how everybody gets a job in entertainment talking their way into it. I'm just really jealous of people who talk their way into things. That's why I've become famous by not saying a damn word, by just miming somebody else. <laughs> Isn't she good? The expose. It's been, it's been uh, sad to watch, sad. but um, also as someone who's never been able to get away with that, just... Ben K. Veritas with a diamond. I'd be impressed if he mimed his way to the presidency. <laughs> so really, it's not really Donald Trump's voice. It's somebody else. Some other guy. John Smith, <laughs> who's been doing the Trump voice, and he's just been up there miming. And one day the tape's going to malfunction, and everyone will think Trump had a stroke. So, you know, I was talking to Xi Jinping, and we were talking about Trump. <laughs> oh, my God. He's dead. I'm just, I'm just jealous. So this is really just a commentary on bullshit then? It's a commentary on bullshit. What commentary? She's not providing any commentary. <laughs> I, I, like, what reality am I Am I in the wrong reality? Hello? Is anybody there? Please pick up. 
a world, she's now a world famous comedian. Comedian. It's a commentary on bullshit. What commentary? What has she provided? She provides no commentary. She lip syncs somebody else's speech. That's it. Yes, and I didn't know if we could say bullshit, but thank you <laughs> for saying that. Of course. Um, we have. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know I was allowed to say bullshit and then you said bullshit. So now I know that I'm allowed to say bullshit. Is this a commentary on bullshit? Yeah, I didn't know if I could say bullshit. <laughs> fucking hilarious, isn't it? This is, this is comedy. Just, I'm just, I'm just jealous. So this is really just a commentary on bullshit, then. Yes, and I didn't know if we could say bullshit, but thank you. For <laughs> <laughs> we no have worries. a president who is basically the bullshit artist in chief, ah. and he basically is able to just make things up, and people stand behind him, nodding as if what he's saying makes sense, mm -hmm. when really he's extremely incompetent and yeah. doesn't know very much at all. But <laughs> why? Why would I take advice from somebody who doesn't even write their own jokes? Why would I take this lecture from somebody who's been, who's, who, you wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for him. You don't even write your own material. You have no material. You have no take. All you can do is look funny while you pretend to say things. That's it. Even Jim Carrey at one point had jokes, but he could also look funny while saying them, right? You don't even have the joke part. He just is sort of able to make things up. And, and like a clock, he's right like twice a day. Uh -huh. But most of the time, he's completely wrong about, right. about things. And yeah. so I use these. Now we see, now we can understand why the promotional campaign has accelerated as much as it has. Right? Now, now it all becomes painfully clear. Videos to kind of bring that. Oh, she's also an activist. <laughs> a female comedian, quote unquote who lip syncs Donald Trump. She's also an activist, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, good. Just what we need. Just what the comedy landscape needs. Another one of them. Excellent stuff. To life and to show people that he really has no Orange idea bad, what he's bad. talking about. And so we have, we're going to have a few committees, I'll call them committees, and then ultimately we're going to make decisions. So we're going to make decisions fairly quickly, and I think they're going to be the correct decision. I hope so. I mean, she's she's worse than Lily Singh. At least Lily Singh has jokes. They're not funny, right? At least Lily Singh has skits. They're not funny, but at least she tries. This is a budget Lily Singh. make decisions so we're going to make decisions fairly quickly and i think they're going to be the correct decision i hope so it's amazing what you do because trump is such a it's, visual it's, character it's amazing like, listen listen to it's amazing what you do it's amazing can't believe that this is inspirational she's captivating millions she's hilarious it's amazing it really is amazing what you're doing over there Nobody thought of this. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. 
Jesus Christ, mate. <laughs> if he simps any harder, his the back of his head is going to cave in. <laughs> what you do because Trump is such a visual character. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, for four years for longer, I suppose, mm. we've looked at him and it's been the hair and it's been the orange and, and the hands. I, I, I can't believe he mentioned the orange. <laughs> Better get an orange reference in. Wouldn't want to be too stereotypical. I mean, this is amazing comedy. <clears throat> and the hands and the hair. But that's all the shit people like you care about, Waleed. You care about that stuff more than anyone else. You know, everybody's been obsessed with his hair and his orange and his hands. Nah, not really. I don't care. Minister of Fun, Kimmy with the Diamond. I'm both shocked and amazed, enthralled, really. Well, it is really amazing. And it's all been about the physical, and yet you're dealing yeah. just with the audio side of it. Like, at what point did you realise the audio on its own was funny? Oh, so we admit that he's funny. Ah, <laughs> oh, so he's the funny one. Right. So you're miming. <laughs> Again, this is comedy now. This is where we're at. You don't have to write jokes anymore. I was playing around with TikTok and it just shows you how you can really reinterpret audio. Uh -huh. um, and so for me, he is very visual, but he never changes. His 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 face doesn't move very much. His his motions are very like, I know exactly what I'm talking about. And so <laughs> Why is he laughing? <laughs> Why is he laughing at this? You know, he does this with the arms and like out there like that and up and down. And it's face very, yeah, he does. He does do that. <laughs> he does. He really does. She, she nailed it. He really does do that, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he does. <sighs> this woman is a comedic juggernaut. Oh, I know that he doesn't know what he's talking about and uh -huh. I can bring that subtext to life and make it even more um, animated. Mm. And so I think that as soon as I tried to do it, as soon as I tried to just be one of these guys in a meeting who just knew what I was talking about, it just, it just felt right. It just kind of worked. As soon as I pretended to be a guy who knew what he was talking about, it just felt right. Let's see some of the uh, the comedy. And it's been uh, very spectacular. It's been really spectacular. So, yeah, I think, uh, I don't think anybody's done a better job with testing, with ventilators, with all of the things that we've done. And our, our uh, death totals, our numbers per million people are really uh, very, very strong. We're, we're very proud of the job we've done. Is there a real power in the words of this sort of quintessential older white man being um, expressed through the body of a, a black woman. Yeah! You know, there's real power. <laughs> white power. One might call it white power. There's white power in a woman of colour saying the words of this powerful white, old white man. <laughs> 
<laughs> says, says the Muslim TV show host. <laughs> Who's won like fucking awards and shit. Oh, he's so good. We love him. Oh, does it? Would my question is, doesn't it get boring? Don't you get bored of saying things like, oh, "There's so much empowerment of a young woman of color repeating the words of a, an old white man"? <laughs> Don't you get bored of it? Come on, no, of course not. This is comedy, and in comedy, repetition is key. Repetition in comedy is key. Comedy is all about repetition and. Timing. <laughs> Proud of the job we've done. Is there real power in the words of this sort of quintessential older white man being... Older white man. Um, ...expressed through the body of a, a black woman? Yeah, I mean, sadly, um, when we have an older, rich, white guy in a suit with people nodding <sighs> behind him and people calling him sir, we just automatically think... Don't you dare talk about privilege when you've become famous by just miming him. Don't you dare talk about privilege when you have become a fucking star with TV interviews by not writing a single joke, not coming up with anything original, but just pretending to be a guy in a board meeting and miming somebody else speaking. And you want to fucking complain about privilege. <laughs> That's privilege. You're now being hailed as a superstar of comedy. Well, it's really good. I think we need to address the privilege of the right, the rich, the rich white guy. He had to write his own stuff from time to time. Ah, well. Think well. What he's saying must make sense, right? Um, and sadly, coming out of this space, you're like listening a little bit closer. Oh, and you're hang like, on, hang what on. What is she talking about? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. Now that's now that's a hot take. That's a take right there. <laughs> that's a take. All right, we'll take that as a take. So the problem is that when Donald Trump says things, it makes sense because he's an old white guy. But when a young black woman says the exact same things, people find it confusing and that's funny. You know why? Racism. Racism, bro. Racisms. <laughs> Again, she's not writing anything. Is she lying? She's probably lying. And so I guess I'm kind of using that to expose uh -huh. a lot of our biases. Uh, it's all about it's all about racial bias now. And the question I opened up this little segment with, ladies and gentlemen, I'll ask again. Do you ever get the feeling that certain people are undeservedly propelled to the front of the queue in entertainment based on certain immutable traits? Do you ever get that feeling? I'm not saying she has. I'm like, she obviously deserves it, but she's so talented and amazing and funny. She's captivating millions of people worldwide with her hilarious takes. But do you ever get that feeling? You know what I mean? Interesting. Interesting. Let's after the break, let's talk about privilege. <laughs>
biases, however you pronounce that word, um, biases. With, with how people look. Um, and yeah, my whole family is from Jamaica, and I do have family in hey, Australia. I've- Jamaica, man. Kitty B, this one's on you. <laughs> this is your fault, Kitty. <laughs> Sorry. Do you know her? Jamaica's a small place. I need to clean this shit out. What are you doing? This is all your fault, Kitty. <laughs> family in Melbourne's. I have to give a shout out to them. Oh, really? <laughs> Henry St. George Tucker Bubba, why? She's ripping off little OC's little AOC's bit, the kid, but with much less skill. <laughs> Stop waving hands all around. Woodship TV with the diamond. Really? What sort of family do you have? I have I got a mummy and a daddy. <laughs> what sort of family do you have? I have a family of cats. Thank you for asking. I call the big one Bitey. Um, and aunt and uncle and cousins there. All yeah, right. How are they doing? Do they often talk to you about how the coronavirus situation in Australia is a lot better than in America? <sighs> yeah, they try not to show it off too much, but they do. Okay, we've had enough of you. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the next queen of comedy. Now, let's transition to something else. This clip has been making the rounds. Now, if you want a real king, if you want somebody who earned their place, I present to you, ladies and gentlemen, the great Alex Jones. Now, a lot of people haven't been watching Alex for a while because seen Alex. he seems he's been deplatformed off YouTube, off Twitter, off every every platform you can find. He's now just running his show pretty much from his own website. Uh, here's a guy who was doing live streams before live streaming websites were a thing, right? He started off in the basement of his parents' house doing a local radio show. And he came up with the idea after a few years to put a video camera and film his radio show. Which then gave birth to, like, what we're doing here, basically. None of us would be doing this if Alex didn't do it first, if that makes sense. So... If we can transition from the queen of comedy, who's now an international superstar because she can mime somebody else speaking. If you actually have your own words and have your own, you know, over-accentuated, entertaining way of speaking, if you do your own entertainment, you're probably likely to be banned. If you can mimic Donald Trump and not do anything else, and of course be a young woman of colour, then you'll find yourself at the top of the Twitter queue, at the top of TikTok, getting fucking interviews in foreign countries. So somebody posted this clip up. It's been doing the rounds, simply asking the question, what is happening? And a lot of people probably haven't checked in with Alex for a while. So let's have a look at Alex and see what the fuck's going on with Alex. Because apparently now he's got llamas in the studio. If you're listening to the podcast, you can't see, but there is literal hay on the floor of the InfoWars studio and llamas just walking around inside InfoWars. They've gone full rustic. They've gone full country, InfoWars. I have no idea what's happening. Let's have a look. You've seen Alex Jones for years tell you fluoride and tell you about Jeffrey Epstein and tell you about the New World Order and fish infusion and artificial black holes. See, he always comes up with a way to, to break the barrier, right? He always comes up a w- with a way 
to <laughs> reinvent himself. Now he's Alex Jones, the llama farmer. <laughs> I don't know what's going. I don't know what's happening. Strangeless and superconducting supercolliders and other systems like cyclotrons. Cyclotrons. But you've ignored that because it's just all background. But now that I have llamas, now that I have the secret weapon, <laughs> this is amazing. Here you go, my sweetie. Uh, Alex, Alex, what is going on? Are you okay? <laughs> Alex, are you okay? What's happening? <laughs> but now I have llamas. Now I'm going to take over the thing. Hello, sweetie. Come here, sweetie. <laughs> Again, I've got no idea what's happening. The person who posted this asked what is happening i don't know i wish i could answer it now that i have the secret weapon bring the bell this is amazing and get your here cheese, you go my you for the sub regina uh poco which, which which one's the really poco's the big one poco seems like <laughs> poco's face for tv viewers poco looks like it's kind of in master control over here this is poco poco how you poco poco marco poco Poco looks in master control here. Poco's the big one, Alex. <laughs> you know, we're going to talk about these China. We're going to talk about these tricarb techno fascists. We're going to talk about the Satanists and the pedophiles and the interdimensional vampires. But first, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine, Poco. <laughs> Come here, Poco. Come here, sweetie. <laughs> Poco's the big one. <laughs> I have llamas now. Come here, honey. Yeah, that's a. Oh, isn't she, isn't she cute, huh? Look at Poco over here. No, Poco, don't shit on the floor. Poco, no. I got bad news for you, Ring Owen. Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the gifted sub, Katie Reid. I've got bad news for you, Owen. I've been looking at your numbers lately over the last couple of months. You're not as popular as you used to be, Owen. Poco's taking your fucking job. <laughs> we're going to call it Poco Wars in the afternoon. Poco, we're going to sit Poco behind a desk. People love the fucking llama, man. I'm sorry, Owen. You'll now be doing reports for Poco Show. <laughs> get this fucking Poco. Can we get Poco in the in the Freedom Truck? How you doing? Come on here, sweetie. Can I give you a cookie? Can I give you a cookie? Come on, Poco. Oh, come on. You want one of these? There's no fluoride in this. <laughs> they don't want to brain damage you. <laughs> Poco won't eat the Infowars biscuit. <laughs> Is he trying to feed Poco one of the fucking protein bars? This is not a good advertisement. You're supposed to starve Poco before you try to feed them the InfoWars products, Alex. Come on now. Who wants a cookie? <laughs> Come on, Poco. Eat the Poco, eat the cookie. Eat the fucking cookie, cookie Poco. It doesn't have fluoride in it. It's good. The government didn't put that in there. Come on, we Oh, want he's getting a cold shoulder shoulder from Poco, isn't he? Look at this. Poco, come on. You got to play ball if you're going to make it in this business, Poco. Want, want this? You, you, you don't trust? Have a, oh, here we go. Cookie. Why do you think they're tripling and quadrupling down on hoaxes? What do you think their end game is? Because it's only discrediting them more, but they keep doing it. I mean, let's, I mean, if we're going to go full public, full transparency, let's see <laughs> all of it because I. <laughs> you can't see, you can't see on the podcast. But while this other person's talking, Alex is just smiling and patting the llama. 
is he ready is he ready to quit is alex ready to walk out on this is he ready to give it away and just go be a fucking llama farmer and you know what i would say to alex alex you've earned it you've done enough you don't you don't owe anybody anything anymore how long's he been going like 25 years alex you've done your time man take poco out to the ranch and just fucking enjoy the rest of your life you've done all you can you've earned this break and if you feel comfortable, like you don't owe the team anything. It's like the veteran quarterback in a football team, right? Who's just trying to squeeze out one more year. Maybe I can get back to the playoffs one more year. And he's telling himself, if I leave, then there's the team is going to finish dead last and it's going to be embarrassing. And somebody needs to bring these kids up. You know, somebody's got to help the kids get to the next level. And he's had like five knee reconstructions, two shoulder reconstructions. He's battered, he's bruised. He's been in the trenches. He can't even get up out of a chair anymore without groaning, you know what I mean? And it's at that time that the manager, the coach, has to sit down with the with the old veteran, the star player, sit him down and say, you don't owe us anything. You've given all you can. We want you and Poco <laughs> to go and enjoy your, enjoy your golden years. Lucifer Sam, why are you talking about Tom Brady like that? No, he left. Fuck him. <laughs> So Alex and Poco should be able to just go out into the ranch, have a you know a mint julep together in the Texan sun and enjoy the rest of their life, I think. Alex, you've given all you can give. I guarantee you what the Democrats were doing was criminal, <laughs> impeachable activities routinely. Hey, where do the llamas like to be petted? <laughs> See, he's checked out. He's given up. <laughs> he's completely checked out, man. So he's got, I think it's the guy who ran uh, Natural News by the sound of his voice. I forget his name. So, so he's got a guest on. The guest is talking about the Democrats and, well, you know, we got to stop these Democrats. They've been doing such a... He's like, yeah, that's great. Do you think Poco likes me partner? <laughs> He's, given, he's checked out. Yeah, yeah, Democrats, Trump, tyranny, whatever. Hey, hey, can somebody bring me some biscuits? I want to feed Poco. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you can tell. Yeah, exactly. Riding free in the chat. He's not interrupting. It's the first time Alex hasn't interrupted. Because <laughs> he's enthralled with Poco the Llama. <laughs> Let's go to Owen now for some breaking news. Alex, I'm down here at the White House. It seems that Donald Trump has launched a nuclear attack on Russia and China simultaneously. We're about to go into World War III. They want everybody to get vaccinations. They're going to turn us all into transhuman vampires, Alex, and they're going to cut the testicles off all of our children. Yeah, that's great, Owen. Hey, do you think Poco likes the hay or the cookies better? <laughs> do you think if I pat Coco on the back that she'll purr like a cat? Poco... Boko, honey, sweetie. Alex, they just hit the launch code. I don't know how much long I got left. Yeah, yeah, that's great, Owen. Oh, write it in your report. Hey, Poco. Poco, do you want a carrot, honey? Oh, look at Poco. Isn't she great? 
Alex, we're getting reports that China has just invaded the West Coast of the United States. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Hey, does Poco, do Poco and her friends want to come over and have some pizza at the ranch, huh? Huh, Poco? Come on, sweetie. <laughs> he's, he's, he's quit. He's checked out. I mean, let's, I mean, if we're going to go full public, full transparency, let's see all of it, because I guarantee you what the Democrats were doing was criminal, Im impeachable <laughs> activities routinely. Hey, where do the llamas like to be petted? <laughs> I'm about to pass out. <laughs> I'm getting lightheaded. I can't believe what I'm watching. <laughs> hey, where do the llamas like to be petted? I have to see that one more time. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to turn this into some kind of alert on the show. You know what I mean? Maybe like a new follower or something or a host. I don't know. I don't we'll figure some kind of alert out. But <laughs> this is one of the best things I've ever seen in my fucking life. <laughs> when Alex jo Alex Jones has taken the blue pill. This is what the blue pill looks like. I'm being serious now. This is the blue pill. Alex, the Democrats, blah, blah, blah. They have to make it all public, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. When do the llamas, hey, when do the llamas like to be padded? <laughs> I mean, if we're going to go full public, full transparency, let's see all of it because I guarantee you what the Democrats were doing was criminal, Im impeachable activities routinely. Hey, where do the llamas like to be padded? <laughs> it's a blue pill. Yeah, yeah, that's great. He's he's given up. He's it's he may as well, he's one step away from being a cat lady. He's a better version of a cat lady now. He's a llama man. On the neck, okay. You're good. Where oh, <laughs> I got a friend now. Hey, you give me llama fluoride? <laughs> Hell no, we don't give him fluoride. I mean, that's something that really. <laughs> Did you just see the llama walk across in front of the camera? <laughs> <laughs> I got a friend now. Hey, you give your llamas fluoride? Hell no, we don't give them fluoride. Be I mean, that. <laughs> there you go. There's your screenshot for tonight. Behind the llama. It's for living. Let's see where the song might lead. I said, like, this is fucking amazing. Let's see where the song might lead. Well done, Alex. Well done, sir. You truly are the greatest. Wow. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Alex and the llamas. With that, uh, I'm going to take a quick five-minute break. When we come back, I've got even more disturbing things for you on this Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. Uh, when we come back, 
we're going to discuss the age of consent. I'm not talking about the age of consent, but being in the age of consent. Plus, we've got some secret, super dirty, sexy, sexual sex robot stuff. So you don't want to miss that. We're hitting on all the important topics right here tonight. The queen of comedy and the age of the llama, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, do you think, where do the llamas like to be padded? Poco, Poco. Hey, Poco. <laughs> so stick around. We've got so much more coming up in the second half of the show. No, no, Boogie, we need more llamas. <laughs> Frozen Asian in the chat. Follow Frozen Asian, dlive.tv slash Sunday Night Shit Show. <laughs> that was one of the best things I've ever seen in my fucking life. So I'm going to take a breather, get a drink, visit the little boys' room. I'll be back in five on the Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Stick with us. Do you like your novelty comedy songs organic, handmade with painstaking care, put into every note? Well, look no further than Irrational Times. Using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later, Irrational Times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level. New songs and sketches every week. So check it out. Idiot boogie bumper. Idiot boogie bumper. Idiot boogie bumper. Idiot boogie bumper. Idiot boogie. Really giving that one a workout? Come on. Zlive.tv slash JJ Stone. And we love JJ here on the show. It's the J.J. Stoner Spring Collection, the perfect attire for any and every occasion you can think of this season. Like we were in the mosh pit full of sweat and everyone slapping, hitting, and pulling on you. This shit won't rip. Lunch at your favorite cafe? Brunch with the girls? These stylish ensembles will give you the confidence you need to look and feel your best. Or if you're getting arrested for possession, it comes with a built-in police stick-proof body armor. Keep swinging, pigs! Call now, and your order will come with a complimentary ounce of that dankest bubblegum slur cane that the South has to offer. Don't forget the wall tapestry! If you need to cover your wall, it works! Inverted, narcissistic, and most importantly, completely pointless. Come waste an hour of your week with The Starting Block, Friday nights Australian time at dlive.tv forward slash The Starting Block. Get in touch with us on Twitter at The Starting Block, no K at the end. Also, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes by searching for The Starting Block, or one word, or on Podbean at startingblock.podbean.com. Join the blockheads, tuning in in their millions right around the world. Hello, my name is Frozen Asian, and I like to tell you about my show, The Sunday Night Shit Show, every Sunday night at 10pm Eastern Standard Time, along with good conversations and 
laughing at funny and weird shit we find on the internet, we also have The Hat Cam, where I showcase my myriad of great-looking hats. Here is a testimonial from a great friend of mine who has enjoyed my hats lately. I I hope your next hat is a bullet. Jesus Christ, what are you, fucking Asian dick crazy? <laughs> you. <laughs> you have to ruin my evening. Like I, I'm just gonna just listen, you know, listen to my buds do their show, and you, you gotta, you just gotta do this. Without the hat. So you're not enjoying it? No. <laughs> Dude, Asian uh, come Dick on, Tracy. I really enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover in, in Argentina, but it's now working. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. Oh, uh, come on, you secretly love it. No, no, I openly hate it. <laughs> <laughs> And there you have it. Uh, so subscribe to the Sunday Night Shit Show at youtube.com slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And uh, hope to see you there on Sunday nights. Bye. Major Tom, Saturdays at 10 p.m. for the Big Empty. That's Major underscore Tom on DLive. Make sure to use zeros for O's because your life really is that hard. Patriots, this is your favorite Southerner, Doc Martin. Just wanted to remind you to put on your calendars to join me and your favorite near-to-wheel Yankee, Bill D'Angelo, on Saturday nights, beginning with Promises Kicked at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by the Speakeasy with all of your favorite Patriots. You never know what we might cuss and discuss. That's right, Doc Martin. This is everybody's favorite Yankee, Phil D'Angelo speaking. And on Saturday night, we could have Kimmy, wise censored, affectionately known as Electrolux, the original grandma, UK Neil, Rusty, and his famous sound test show, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Earth Citizen, Stefan, the infamous grandma Sears, Mac Daddy may even make a show up, or virtually anyone else in the world for some irrelevant fun. Yankee, you mean some irreverent fun. So be sure to join us on Twitch, Periscope, DLive, or YouTube. That's right, Doc. Follow us at Winning TV on all of those channels. So be sure and put it on your calendar. We'll be looking for you. We'll leave the porch light on. I still think it's irrelevant fun. But why are you fumbling for coins when you have a heavy bag? <laughs> There's a place that we can go to watch old things. All the warm, fuzzy member berries it brings. It's a special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessie. Can't be old movies and old cartoons. We hope to see you over there very soon. It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessie. When we were kids and there wasn't any school We'd sit and watch all the best cartoons Eating cereal until it was noon We never thought that 30 years later It'd still be cool Saturday night and cheesy movies The ones that used to 
show us boobies. It's our special little spot tucked away on delight. Enjoy the joy of Pessy. Enjoy the joy of Pessy. Enjoy the joy of Pessy. This Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right around this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. And shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. Coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for joining us. Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. As always, an absolute pleasure to be with you. Quick reminder, if you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Subscribe by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And, of course, if you'd like to tell me about your llama farm, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper. Got a lot more to get into here. Thanks for sticking around. I just want to uh, show this, flash this up. This is what uh, Woodchip TV was talking about on Twitter, and this is great. It'll never happen here. Do you remember... I don't know, maybe two months ago or thereabouts, we played the clips on this show of the infrared temperature checkers at Chinese government buildings, right? So it's twofold. So you have to marry up. The Chinese have the social tracking app. They've had it for six months. They've had it for longer, like just in a different iteration. But in regards to COVID-19, they've had it for about six months or so. And you're you're not allowed in certain buildings. You're not allowed out into the street unless you get a green check on your app, right? So you'll go to a building. You'll try to go to work or something. You'll go to some office district and I'll say, can we see your app, please? And if it's got an X on it, then you you have to go home. And actually, it's worse than that. If you get a red X and you leave your home, the authorities are immediately contacted via the app and they can just come and scoop you up off the street. So there's that. <clears throat> and then you also have the double check. When you go to these buildings, having to pass through infrared scanners, facial recognition technology, biometric scanners, blah, 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 blah. And we say, oh, it'll never happen here. And I said, don't worry. We're copying everything the Chinese do. It will happen here. So he sent this through. It looks like some kind of advertisement. It looks like, you know, like it's in a brochure or something. Woodchip TV, maybe he can explain a little more about this. The, verif- the temperature verification kiosk, ladies and gentlemen. Our temperature verification system provides the ability to screen employees and guests via an infrared body temperature camera. The solution can also be programmed for facial identification. Oh, goody, goody. With users easily added in a few short clicks designed to help protect the safety and workers of both employees and guests. It's all about protection. The protection meme, ladies and gentlemen. How do you get people to go along with something that they would otherwise be against? You tell them it's for their own benefit. It's for their safety. (laughs) 
land of the free, home of the brave. Be ready for the new normal. We've been talking about the new normal for quite some time. Be ready for the new normal where you can't enter any structure without first having your picture taken and your identification checked. Matched up against a government database. And I'll say, I've said it before and I'll say it again. <clears throat> and I get a lot of hate from some Trump supporters who don't like hearing this fucking truth. When Donald Trump was in the Oval Office with Microsoft, you got Microsoft, you got Apple, you got Google, and you got Amazon. That looks like MAGA to me. That looks like MAGA. What they haven't told you is that Google is trying to take over the medical information business, right? So they, they've been lobbying the White House while you've been fucking arguing over where, whether you should wear a mask or not. Google has been lobbying the White House to come up with a approved government app working with the government to come up with social tracking apps and providing free coronavirus tests in exchange for access to your medical data, your medical history. Because that's the new, that's the next ground that Google is trying to cover, right? Is having people's medical data so they can transfer it to different government departments and stuff because they have the infrastructure already. Whilst Donald Trump has been saying for the last 12 months, what a tremendous company Google is. What a great job they're doing. They're coming, oh, they're doing great things, tremendous things. Now, you might not like hearing that, but that doesn't mean that it's not happening. I don't know what to tell you. <clears throat> Designed to help protect the health and safety of both employees and guests by preventing anyone with a temperature from entering a facility. So that's what I was getting. That's the new normal. Expect not to be allowed into a building unless you first have your face scanned and your temperature checked and that biometric data will be run against a government database which the government, obviously, the authorities and Google are developing. And if you don't come up with a clean check, you'll be refused access. And that then opens the door to a Ring whole bunch the of bell other things. And get your cheese, man. Thank you for the thank you for one month sub, Winning TV. Thank you. And follow Winning TV, by the way. DLive.tv slash winning TV. And that will open the door then to the next thing. And the next thing will be something like, well, if you don't get the vaccination, you we're not forcing you to get the vaccination. But if you want to be able to get a check on your um, biometric data so you're allowed to enter the building, then you'll have to get the vaccination. You don't have to get the microchip. But if you want access to these buildings, then you'll have to have the microchip. And then expect it in transport. Hey, we're not we're not banning anybody from catching a plane, but we only allow people who have a microchip from catching a plane because we need to be able to check your biometric data first because there's a safety. It's a safety issue. We're trying to protect you. So please get the scan. And I mean, if you think people, if you think somebody's going to save you, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, kid. I don't know what to tell you, kiddo. He's he's patting he's patting Google on the back. He attacks their competitors. Winning TV with a diamond. What the fuck? I'm all fucked up on days. Merch streams. <laughs> He's attacking Google's competitors. So, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> wink, wink, boogie. When will you co-host the kill stream? Never. 
I'm never going to be invited onto the kill stream. <laughs> I'm too. I'm come on. I'm too. I'm too nice. I'm too friendly. I'm too milk toast. Alarms will be added to sound uh, when those above the temperature threshold and those without access attempt to enter. Email notification, parcel vil, uh, fail visual and audio effects, two megapixel camera, facial recognition library up to 20,000 people, temperature accuracy, temperature range. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The future, the new normal. Looks good to me. Trust the plan, huh? Trust the plan. How about this? Oh, should I do should I do this story or should I save it? Okay, we'll do this one. <laughs> this is fantastic. Commentary, it seems appropriate to me. Commentary, it's time to cancel the Star Spangled Banner. Here's what should replace it, ladies and gentlemen. My American brothers and sisters, I was watching uh I was watching a game show the other day. Here's what a nerd I am. I was watching the game sh a game show the other day and a question came on. I was watching it with my wife. And a question came on, who wrote the United States anthem? And I turned to her and I go, Francis Scott Key. And she looks at me funny and then it's like, ding, Francis Scott Key. Correct. And I'm like, huh? Huh? You like that? And she just looks at me and goes, <laughs> I got no credit for that. I got no, wow, you're so clever. How did you know that? How many, Ameri How many Americans don't know that Francis Scott Key wrote the American National Anthem? I know it. I bet you millions don't. I got no love for that shit. No credit. Anyway. The Francis Scott Key Monument in San Francisco's Golden State Park is one of those old-fashioned pieces of public art. Old-fashioned art. <laughs> what, a what a strange thing to say. Old-fashioned art? You mean anything that isn't modern art, right? And modern art, we all know, is objectively bullshit. So what qualifies as old-fashioned art then? I guess it would be a whole bunch of those uh, Aboriginal paintings in the caves, right? They're thousands of years old, apparently. It's pretty old-fashioned, isn't it? Oh, no, no, you don't understand. That's cultural. Ah, right. So something from like the 1800s, that's that's old-fashioned. So I guess old-fashioned falls in the realm of it has to be 200 years old, but not older than 200 years. That's old-fashioned. Any older than 200 years, it becomes ancient, and therefore it's no longer old-fashioned. It also must be white. A 52-foot-tall chunk of travertine and marble loaded up with classical trimmings there's a fluted colonnade. God, I hate the, the pretentious way these people write. Holy shit! Well, thank you. Winning TV, drop a Nagini on us. Very generous. Thank you so much. Shit, I mean, hail to our monarch Boogie of Boogie Stan. Correct. I am King Boogie of Boogie Stan. You may address me as Your Highness or His Majesty. <laughs> All the time. Even when I'm throwing up in the toilet after too much vodka. Would you like a glass of orange juice, your highness? Yes, I would. Thank you. In the center of the monument, uh, monument is the main attraction, a bronze statue of Key, 
the Washington DC lawyer who 206 years ago wrote the words to the Star Spangled Banner to commemorate the American victory in the Battle of Baltimore the war, in the War of 1812. Key is captured in a, histo- in, a in a heroic pose, it must be Friday, enthroned on a big chair with pen in hand looking every inch the sort of poet, poetess, just say poet, who would come up with lines like, oh, are the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming. I feel like I should play that little clip about Francis Scott Key, but I don't know. It's not kind of, it's not real funny or anything. It's just good. I like it. Maybe I'll, you know what? It's Friday. Who gives a fuck? We'll play it. Why not? Here we go. Now I've played this to like um I played this to an Aussie friend of mine, this little clip. And he nearly had tears in his eyes. He's like, wow, that's such a fucking amazing story. That's awesome. So here you go. Here's a little bit of um here's a bit of anthem porn for my American brothers and sisters. Enjoy. was a lawyer once. His name was Francis Scott Key. He penned a song that I'm sure you're aware of. You've seen it. It's in most hymnals throughout our churches. It's called the National Anthem. It is our song as an American. We go, however, to a ball game. We stand in our church services and we sing the words of that song and they float over our minds and our lips and we don't even realize what we're singing. Most of us have memorized it as a child, but we've never really thought about it. Whoever's telling the story to this is a great storyteller. Francis Scott Key was a lawyer in Baltimore. The colonies were engaged in vicious conflict with the mother country, Britain. Because of this conflict and the protractedness of it, they had accumulated prisoners on both sides. The American colonies had prisoners and the British had prisoners. And the American government initiated a move. They went to the British and they said, let us negotiate for the release of these prisoners. They said, we want to send a man out to discuss this with you. They were holding the American prisoners in boats about a thousand yards offshore. And they said, we want to send a man by the name of Francis Scott Key. He will come out and negotiate to see if we can make a mutual exchange. On the appointed day in a rowboat, he went out to this boat and he negotiated with the British officials. And they reached a conclusion that men could be exchanged on a one-for-one basis. Francis Scott Key, jubilant with the fact that he'd been successful, went down below in the boats, and what he found was a cargo hold full of humanity, men. And he said, men, I've got news for you tonight. You're free. He said, tonight I have negotiated successfully your return to the colonies. He said, you'll be taken out of this boat, out of this filth, out of your chains. As he went back up on board to arrange for their passage to the shore, the admiral came and he said, we have a slight problem. He said, we will still honor our commitment to release these men, but it'll be merely academic after tonight. It won't matter. And Francis Scott Key said, what do you mean? He said, well, Mr. Key, he said, tonight we have laid an ultimatum upon the colonies. Your people will either capitulate and lay down the colors of that flag that you think so much of, or you see that fort right over there, Fort Henry? He said, we're going to remove it from the face of the earth. 
He said, how are you going to do that? He said, if you will, scan the horizon of the sea. And as he looked, he could see hundreds of little dots. And he said, that's the entire British war fleet. He said, all of the gunpowder, all of the armament is being called upon to demolish that fort. It will be here within striking distance in a matter of about two and a half hours. He said, the war is over. These men would be free anyway. He said, you can't shell that fort. He said, that's, that's a large fort. He said, it's full of women and children. He says, it's predominantly not a military fort. He said, don't worry about it. They said, we've left them a way out. And he said, what's that? He said, do you see that flag way up on the rampart? He said, we have told them that if they will lower that flag, the shelling will stop immediately. And we'll know that they've surrendered, and you'll now be under British rule. Francis Scott Key went down below and told the men what was about to happen. And they said, how many ships? He said, hundreds. The ships got closer. Francis Scott Key went back up on top and he said, men, I'll shout down to you what's going on as we watch. As twilight began to fall and as the haze hung over the ocean as it does at sunset, suddenly the British war fleet unleashed. He says the sound was deafening. There were so many guns that there were no reliefs. He said it was absolutely impossible to talk or hear. He said suddenly the sky, although dark, was suddenly lit. And he says from down below, all he could hear the men, the prisoners, saying was, Tell us where the flag is. What have they done with the flag? Is the flag still flying over the rampart? Tell us. One hour, two hours, three hours into the shelling. Every time the bomb would explode and it would be close to the flag, they could see the flag in the illuminated red glare of that bomb. And Francis Scott Key would report down to the men below, it's still up. It's not down. The admiral came and he said, your people are insane. He said, what's the matter with them? He said, don't they understand this is an impossible situation? Francis Scott Key said he remembered what George Washington had said. He said, the thing that sets the American Christian apart from all other people in the world is he will die on his feet before he'll live on his knees. The Admiral said, we have now instructed all of the guns to focus on the rampart to take that flag down. He said, we don't understand something. Our reconnaissance tells us that that flag has been hit directly again and again and again, and yet it's still flying. We don't understand that. But he said, now we're about to bring every gun for the next three hours to bear on that point. Francis Scott Key said the barrage was unmerciful. All that he could hear was the men down below praying. The prayer. God keep that flag flying where we last saw it. Sunrise came. He said there was a heavy mist hanging over the land, but the rampart was tall enough 
there stood the flag, completely nondescript, in shreds. The flagpole itself was at a crazy angle, but the flag was still at the top. Francis Scott Key went aboard and immediately went into Fort Henry to see what had happened. And what he found had happened was that that flagpole and that flag had suffered repetitious direct hits. And when hit had fallen, but men, fathers, who knew what it meant for that flag to be on the ground, although knowing that all of the British guns were trained on it, walked over and held it up humanly until they died. Their bodies were removed and others took their place. Francis Scott Key said what held that flagpole in place at that unusual angle were patriots' bodies. He penned the song, Oh say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming. Or the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that the flag was still there. It's a good story, isn't it? It's a good one. You don't have to be ashamed of that shit. Take it from a foreigner. <laughs> There's nothing there to be ashamed of. People will try to tell you that you should be ashamed of it, but you don't have to listen to them. Thank you for the diamond in times. It's a fucking great story. <clears throat> and, you know, you're bombarded, like, daily with people telling you how shameful you need to be ashamed and guilty and feel like shit and your history is terrible and it's awful and it's rubbish. Please, if anyone can convince you to be ashamed of shit like that, then you probably don't fucking deserve it in the first place. You should have nothing but pride for shit like that. And like I said, take it from a foreigner. Take it or leave it, really. Um, so let's get let's get back to our article here. It's a great story. Love that clip. I, and I, I don't know who told who's doing the the narration of that piece, but it's whoever it is. They've got an absolute talent for storytelling because they can put you right there, and it's a very difficult thing to do. So here is video of the statue of Francis Scott Key being torn down by protesters because <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go like one to the other here so have, here we go so this is the statue of the guy who wrote that who wrote the anthem who was on that ship who was watching the bombardment of uh that fort who then wrote that poem which later would become the national anthem uh and this is the obviously very <laughs> This is obviously the the Patriots taking down uh, a monument to a racist and an awful person that you should be ashamed of. Let's have a look here. Down he goes. Down he goes. Winning TV with a dimeful. Uh, dimeful. It's so diamond. It's so shameful to hate your history. I mean, you don't have to love it. You don't have to hate it. But like elements like that, you can absolutely be proud of. Yeah, I know, right? Fascist hippie. See, fascist hippie knows me. He's another Aussie. Fuck, way to set it up, Boogs. Exactly. 
Well, I mean, what do you think? What's the antidote to people telling you that you should be ashamed of stuff? You tell me. Is it is it screaming angrily into the sky like the people you mock? Is that the antidote? You tell me. You've got a whole bunch of people now who are telling you that you need to be ashamed of your history, right? That's that's a that's okay. So let's analyze this like a fucking probability matrix scenario. So first, bang, here's here's the scenario. You have a, a group of people, a large group of people who are telling you that you need to be ashamed of your history and then branch off from that. A decision-making tree. What can you do? Get angry, not get angry. Okay, let's follow the get angry path. Get angry. I scream, I get banned off the internet. Is this effective? Yes or no? No. <laughs> the other one, don't feel ashamed. Okay, where does that lead? Tell story. Okay. Tell story and then show the adverse. Show the inverse to that story. Show the inverse to the pride. What do you think I'm doing here? So I've just shown you a story of like a sacrifice and patriotism and of historical magnitude which everybody should be proud of if they're standing under that uh, banner and singing that anthem, right? And now I'm going to show you the inverse. The tearing down of the statue of the guy who made it. And you tell me which one is more... Pro which one should you be proud of? In the days that followed the toppling of the Golden State Park statue, viral posts on social media decried the Star-Spangled Banner as a racist song. It's a racist song. What was it? The, f the flag was held up at that unusual angle with the bodies of the dead. Down below, you could hear the men praying. Please, God, let that flag stay up. <laughs> Every now and then you'd get a flash of the flag as the bombs were exploding around it. But, sir, that fort is filled with men, women, and children. They won't give up. <laughs> it's racist. The racist song. Major League Soccer announced that the anthem would not be played before games when its season resumed in July following the coronavirus lockdown. A high school junior in New York City made news by refusing to record the song for her school's socially distanced virtual graduation. A petition posted on Change.org advocated dropping the song as the national anthem, pointing to elitist, sexist, and racist verses. <laughs> The beautiful part about this is you wouldn't have the free... That young person wouldn't have the freedom not to do... That, that young person wouldn't have the freedom in that situation unless, you know, the sexists and the fucking elitists had have done what they did 200 fucking whatever it was years ago. That's the beauty of all this. Your world was built by men. 
Your world was built by manly men who would make sacrifices. And you're trying to tear it down <laughs> by tearing them down. Good plan, bro. Scholars disagree about the meaning of this. Read the words as a reference to escaped slaves fighting alongside the British who promised to grant freedom to black soldiers in exchange for their service, yada, yada, yada. But there are also arguments against the Star Spangled Banner on aesthetic grounds, criticisms that have dogged the anthem for decades. For one thing, it's not an especially American song. Its lyrics are ornate and anglophile. With syntax that frustrates the efforts of normal human Americans, normal human Americans, strange, strange word to insert in there, to follow along, to deduce who, who or what exactly is gleaming and streaming. Maybe the anthem should be in eubonics, maybe. And the rocket's red glare, the bomb's fucking shit up. Had niggas holding the fucking flag up. Your homeboy, you'll feel me. The flag is real dreamy. And bitches beware. Motherfuckers is here. I could get behind that shit. Just purely like from a musical perspective. I mean, it works for me. What's the difference, right? Who cares? Fuck history. As for the music, it's as British as the beef Wellington. <laughs> it's a terrible piece of music, said Frank Sinatra in 1969. If you took a poll among singers, it would lose 100 to nothing. Frank Sinatra, ladies and gentlemen. So there you have it. Uh, what should replace it, though? Do we, do we have uh, some suggestions? Here we go. Thank you for the diamond, the love. Thank you for the diamond, Regina. So what about a replacement then for the anthem? How about this? <laughs> Bill Withers' 1972 soul ballad, Lean On Me. <laughs> yes, this is the replacement for the American National Anthem. Seems like a curious choice. It has none of the qualities we associate with national anthems. It's a modest song. <laughs> Woodchip TV with a diamond. God bless us. Uh, God bless America. Thank you for the diamond, Woodchip TV. It's a modest song that puts on no airs. It speaks in plain musical language without a trace of bombast in a tidy arrangement that unfolds over a few basic chords. That's what you want. Tidy and basic. <laughs> It doesn't march to martial, to a martial beat or rise to grand crescendos. The lyrics hold no pastoral images of fruited plains or oceans white with foam, no high-minded invocations of liberty or God. So it sounds perfect for a national anthem then, doesn't it? Lean On Me is a deeply American song, but it's not explicitly at least a song about America. <laughs> yes. Yes. The LA Times, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> End Times with the Diamond. The anthem should be Bitches Ain't Shit But Hoes and Tricks. I can get down with that. <laughs> the hand on the heart. <laughs> the LA Times wants to replace Star Spangled Banner with Lean On Me by Bill Withers, and the reason that they give is because it's not explicitly about America. 
Isn't that fucking good? <laughs> okay. We're running out of time here. So there was another item I wanted to get to tonight. Entertainment. We've been because we've been dealing in entertainment tonight. We took a little sidetrack there with Francis Scott Key. But fuck him, he's a racist anyway, so fuck him. Um, <laughs> entertainment. So Stefan Sears, friend of the show, supporter of the show, got in touch with me and said, you need to see this because we've been, from time to time, we've been talking about, I did, you know what? I did have the next Chaz lined up, but we're not going to have time to do it. I'll have to do it on Monday because there's a new Chaz now. It's called Clat. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not joking. It's Clat. It's in Portland. It is the, uh, what is it? The Chinook, the Chinook Legal Autonomous Territory, or so, I don't know, Chinook Land Autonomous Territory. That's the new one in Portland, the, the clat. She's got the clat. Dun, dun. Yeah. So we'll have to do clat on Monday, the clit. <laughs> Enzymes. That one got me. Clit. <laughs> yeah. They should, they should call it the Chinook... The Chinook Land Independent Territory. Holy shit! Winning TV with a diamond, uh, with a ninja guinea. Pardon me, dropping a fucking guinea on us. Thank you so much. I was late, but at least I'm not Royce Cart Violator. Yes, I know. I know. And the two weeks of shame has begun. Clit would be a good name. Chinook land independent territory. <laughs> so anyway, I'll have to do that on Monday. Um, so I got this clip because from time to time, see, people often say, oh, Boogie is the sex robot guy. And, you know, it's not something that happened by choice. I played a clip once, like a couple of years ago, of like sex robots. And apparently people liked it. We had a fun. We, ha we had a fun. We had a fun with a sex robot. And then that spawned into like more sex robot clips. And then people started sending me sex robot clips. So then I became the sex robot guy. Like I would get DMs from people who said, hey, man, I just, I just saw this clip and I thought of you. And I would look at it and it's a guy having sex with a sex robot. I'm like, well, that's great. That's where I'm at now. That's where I'm at in the streaming pecking order. I guess I'm the fucking sex robot guy. Whatever. <laughs> you, can't, you can't make your career sometimes. It makes you. Your content chooses you. So, got this clip sent to me by Stefan Sears, supporter of the show. And I already had a couple of interesting pieces to, to talk about tonight. And this fits in just snugly. We've been talking about entertainment, ladies and gentlemen. From uh, Budget, Lily Singh, to Alex Jones and Poco, Poco the Llama. Have a look at this. Anna Kendrick stars in Dummy, the hilariously filthy and raw show we need right now from Gizmodo, because that's what we need, more filthy and hilarious. I'm sure if they say it's hilarious, I'm sure it's going to be hilarious. So let's have a look. This is the trailer for the new show called Dummy, starring Anna Kendrick. Let's have a look here. My boyfriend's sex doll is talking to me. Say! Yes, you have to be quick. The opening line of this trailer is, my boyfriend's sex doll is talking to me. Talking sex doll. Wasn't there like a like a family show back in the late eighties, early nineties? Remember the kid who was like a robot? Do you remember that? I vaguely remember that. 
It wasn't Boy Meets World, was it? That was a different one. But uh, it was in that era of shows. You know what I mean? And maybe it was only on for like two or three years. But they had a robot son and a real son at the same time. And they were in the same room, the same bedroom. And they would get into little adventures, right? Can anybody name that show? Small Wonder? Little Wonder? Was it Little Wonder? Small Wonder? Okay. I vaguely remember Robotcha, but it was a show like that was like all about like wholesome family things, right? And the funniness that comes with trying to teach this robot like wholesome family values and stuff like that. Small wonder it was. Okay. So, you know, the kid would try to teach the robot what it means to be a kid and the parents would struggle with, like, the robot son versus the real son and, you know, like, they would get into little adventures and stuff. It was all very wholesome and very nice. <laughs> now it's my boyfriend's fucking cum bucket. My boyfriend's automated cum bucket is talking to me in the closet. Oh, good. This should be fun. Let's, <laughs> let's have a look. I'm sure it's hilarious. My boyfriend's sex doll is talking to me. Say <laughs> We're all sex dolls until we topple the patriarchy. Because, <laughs> you know, here I was sitting here thinking, you know what we need more of on television now? Feminist talking points. That's definitely what we need. Yes, the sex doll, ladies and gentlemen, we're all sex dolls until we topple the patriarchy. That's definitely what we need more of on mainstream television, isn't it? <laughs> we need more feminist talking points, guys. <laughs> I'm sure this is going to go amazingly well. <laughs> yes. I'm not joking. If you're listening to the podcast, there is a sex doll on the screen and it is saying... We need, literally saying, we need to topple the patriarchy. Hilariously filthy, raw, and meaningful, ladies and gentlemen. It's meaningful. We're all sex dolls until we topple the patriarchy. That's great. You're a feminist sex doll. I think she represents a part of you that wants to heal you. She wants to heal. The sex doll represents a part of you that wants to heal you from your internalized misogyny, Kendrick. Anna, whatever your fucking name is. Anna, you're try the sex doll is trying to heal you from the years of oppression that you've felt at the hands of this patriarchal system. This is, an, this is a meaningful program. Embrace her. Gotcha! I have pee anxiety. Can you, like... A fun-loving sex doll and our human friend taking on the world together that would make an amazing story. People wonder why I don't watch TV anymore. Do I have to explain? Do I have to explain why? A fun-loving feminist sex doll <laughs> taking on the world to fight the patriarchy. Yeah. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. So that led me to this. This video, which I already had for you, but fuck it, we're going to play it anyway. 
Because this brings on a deeper discussion, I think. If you thought the discussion about sex dolls and the patriarchy was somehow flippant, you're wrong. You're so wrong. This is a meaningful show. You saw the words from Gizmodo. Raw and meaningful. Words mean things. So, previously on this show, we've discussed, and people don't believe me when I say this to them if they're not a listener. Previously on this show, we've discussed the the intersection of legality and robot ethics when it comes to rape. And people are like, what the hell are you talking about? And I'm like, well, there's complications with the sex robots. What if a sex robot malfunctions and has sex with you after you want it to stop? Does that count as rape? And people are like, well, I guess it would. I'm like, great. But how do you charge a machine with rape that you voluntarily put your penis into or vice versa? You know, insert into yourself. If a machine rapes you, who goes to prison? <laughs> and they're like, I don't know. I'm like, see, it's it's more complicated than you think. So these are the discussions that uh, legal minds and robot ethicists have been having for like two or three years. They don't know what to do. They haven't figured it out yet. So I came across this this clip the other day, and I thought it would be fun to fun to share. Sex robots and consent. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. See you now. See you in hell. Because this is the other discussion that's having been being had in the sex robot realm is consent. Now, how do you give consent to something that isn't human? How can something that's not even alive consent? <laughs> and what are the implications of this? So we've just seen the trailer for the show, which is apparently the feminist sex robot who wants to take down the patriarchy. Now, have a look at this. In, in, in the real world, feminists talking about the problem of sex robots when it comes to consent. Have a look at this. This is fucking amazing. You're going to love this. So the development of female-bodied sex dolls and robots that are always ready... And of course she's an Aussie. <laughs> of course she's an Australian. For some reason, we seem to be at the forefront of this discussion. I don't know why. Actually, let's take a back. Let's go back a step before we get to this. How about this? <laughs> let's go back one step and then we'll get back to consent. <clears throat> Deeply disturbing. Lifelike child sex dolls based on girls and toddlers that boast they're 100% anatomically correct are on sale in Australia. Congratulations, Australia! <laughs> Advance Australia Fair! <laughs> Come on! I would rather I'd rather be known for kangaroos and beer. Wouldn't you? No, we're going to be known for the toddler sex dolls now. This is fucking great. Creepy lifelike sex dolls including ones the size of babies have been found on sale on one of the world's largest online retailers. Investigators found a large number of horrific items on the marketplace Alibaba. Despite the Chinese company previously committing to remove child sex dolls from sale, <laughs> lifelike cute soft reborn baby doll for sale 
American campaign group Collective Shout, which is the video we're about to watch, who fight against the sexualization of girls, found the dolls which they branded some of the most disturbing content they have ever seen. Some of the dolls were as small as two feet tall, which is about the height of a six-month-old baby, reports news.com.au. Congratulations, Australia. You're making new ground. <laughs> Do you know why, though? Do you know why they're making these child sex dolls? And this is, this is going to put me in the shit, but I don't care. They make these child sex dolls because some people say that, well, it's better to have sex with a child sex doll than a child. I'm like, really? We're, is that what we're doing? It's like, okay. Do you realize how quickly we're heading to Westworld now at this point? How about, can I get a murder doll? Can I get a murder doll? Why don't we sell murder dolls? I'm not talking about the band from the 90s. Why don't we sell dolls, which I can murder, like behead, shoot in the face and stuff, and I want lifelike reactions from it? Because that will stop me from murdering real people. And people say, oh, that's sick, that's disgusting. No, I want them as lifelike as possible, please. Look how quickly we're heading to Westworld. We are on the train to Westworld right now, and it's being built at the end, at the final destination. Jim Enward, I didn't know there were so many libertarians in Australia. Australia is a very libertarian country. It just doesn't know it. <laughs> they just they just don't know it. They've been fooled into believing they're either on Team Red or Team Blue. But most of them are libertarians if you talk to them and not mention politics. They just have no idea. Are you kidding? We're all criminals here. <laughs> most criminals are libertarians. I want the freedom to do whatever the fuck I want. That's a libertarian stance. <laughs> it's a very criminal stance too. So let's get back to this. Let's get back to this clip. This is a very bizarre way to end the week. I'm aware of that. Well, but I say, so I've said to somebody before, right? Again, I don't, I'm not really taking a position on it. I'll argue things that I don't have a position on just because it's fun for me. So, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody and they were really upset about the pedophiles, understandably. And I'm like, okay, that's great. Um, what do you think about the child sex dolls then? And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, should we give pedophiles child sex dolls? And they're like, no, no, because that's encouraging them to have uh, sex with real children. I'm like, oh, okay. So should we deny them access to the child sex dolls then? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, so what are they going to have sex with then? And they're like, well, I don't give a fuck. It's like, but you, you constantly talk about like prisoner rehabilitation and shit. How far are you willing to go with that? You know what I mean? Because this was a very liberal person. Like, we need to rehabilitate people. I'm like, well, what does what does rehabilitation mean for you? Because I, I don't necessarily believe in rehabilitation. I don't think that it actually works. Sometimes it does. But as a general concept, I think it's a dumb concept. I think people will rehabilitate if they want to. But it's up to them that they have to, they have to want to. You can't have a program that promises to rehabilitate people. All you can do is have people who promise to be rehabilitated. Does that make sense? Once you say, oh, we've got this program that's going to rehabilitate all of these criminals, I'm like, no, no, you're not. Because you're only going to rehabilitate the ones who want to rehabilitate, and they're the ones who decide whether they rehabilitate or not. So you're not actually fucking contributing anything to the arrangement. 
Because even if you don't have a rehabilitation program, the ones who do want to rehabilitate will find a way to do it. So whatever. It's just a waste of money as far as I'm concerned. <clears throat> so it's a, it's a confusing conversation. But this is, this is even better. What about consent, ladies and gentlemen? Let's go one step further here. Let's have a look. So the development of female-bodied sex dolls and robots that are always ready and available for men's sexual use, you know, raises some serious questions about the nature of consent. Yep. A sex okay. doll, unlike a woman, has no needs to be met. Yep. And no free will to be exercised. Yep. No free will to be exercised. Exercised. No expectation of an equal or mutually beneficial partnership. Correct, because it's not human. A sex doll exists solely to provide sexual pleasure for its user. Correct. A car solely exists to get me from one place to another. Now, <clears throat> I, I hear your concerns, but here's, the, here's where my cynicism starts to kick in. When are we going to start talking about banning vibrators? Huh? We're going to... We're going to ban dildos now? Do you, do you, sweetheart, do you ask your 10-inch black vibrating cock for consent before you take it to bed or not? Because a dildo is a sex, it's a sex doll. It's a sex robot. A vibrator is a sex robot. It seems, it seems like feminism has got to a point over the last, say, 40 or 50 years. And rightly or wrongly, that point now means that men, for whatever reason, a, a whole chunk of men are no longer having sex with women. They're having sex with machines instead. And now that these men who feel like they shouldn't have sex with real women, I find it creepy. I couldn't have sex with a robot, just personally speaking. But now a whole group of men have decided to insert their penis into something that's not alive. Now that that's a thing, now the feminists are like, uh-uh, can't do that, sweaty. <laughs> Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. What about consent? <laughs> and the guy's like, no, no, no. I'm getting the sex robot to avoid having to get consent from people like you, Right? The whole point of having a sex robot is I don't have to deal with you, with a real woman. It's like, f shut the fuck up. <laughs> but now that the, the feminists are trying to insert themselves, pun intended, into the conversation of whether men should be allowed to have sex with robots or not. It's like, well, you kind of, you kind of made your bed on this one, didn't you? <laughs> you kind of, you, this is the future you wanted. You've been battering men for the last four or five decades. See, this is the thing. Men will find a solution eventually. That's why I'm not really worried about feminism. Why I find most of it funny. Because men will find a solution. That's what men do. You know, we can't get water from this village to this village. Put a group of men on it. They'll dig trenches. They'll make an aqueduct. They'll do scientific things. They'll come up with blueprints. They'll find a solution. We'll get village from that village to that, that village. You put women on the job and they'll complain. <laughs> they'll complain that nobody's built a fucking aqueduct yet. <laughs> they'll say it's not fair. How come that village has water but we don't? Or they'll do what they do in Africa and other parts of the world. They'll just walk 50 miles with buckets on their head and bring the water back. 
until a man comes along and says, hey, you know what? We can build a pipeline. <laughs> Let's get to work here. Let's dig, dig a trench, build a pipeline, bring the water from that place to this place. Why would you want to do that? So you don't have to walk 50 miles up the road with a bucket on your head. Oh, what are you, sexist, trying to take women's jobs away? Oh, it's like, well, keep complaining then. Joe and G with a diamond. Men just became useful to feminists. Holy cow. Yes, very good take. All of a sudden, there's a reason to listen to men again. <laughs> now we need to figure out why the men want to have sex with the robots and not us. <laughs> Lucifer Sam, <laughs> if you only buy white sex dolls, you're a racist. Next. <laughs> Remember Toddles? Toddles wanted to have a sex robot, one of every ethnicity, because he's a very progressive guy. Very progressive man. So, like, this is the problem. So you've you've created a situation where men have been increasingly battered over the head by feminism for four or five fucking decades. And men do what men did. Men did what men do. They create a solution. They find a solution. It's like, you know what? Let's put our penises into the sex robots instead of these naggy women. Fuck them. Let's get rid of them. <laughs> instead of just sitting around and bitching, why don't we do what men do? We'll come up with a solution. Excellent decision, sir. How about this thing here? Yeah, it's great. We have a robot. We'll do that. We'll have sex with that instead. Okay. And the feminists have gotten wind of this. And now it's like, well, hang on a minute. You're supposed to be put into a corner by us. You're supposed to be shamed into having sex with us, not finding solutions. <laughs> no free will to be exercised. No free will. No expectation of an equal or mutually beneficial partnership. A sex store exists solely to provide sexual pleasure for its user. Yes, like a car exists. With a sex store or robot, men can have sex that is totally one-sided. Davy Crocco in the chat. Thanks for joining us, Davy. Uh, if you're not following Davy Crocco, it's now Davy Crocco 3 on YouTube. <laughs> Davy Crocco 1. I came in uh, at Davy Crocco 2 about halfway through Davy Crocco 2, and now it's Davy Crocco 3. <laughs> Davy Crocco just spilled Red Bull, Red Bull on my keyboard. Not even a good one, a fucking coconut one. Going to kill myself. There you go. Give Davy Crocco a follow. He does like uh, late night uh, deep dives and uh, interesting streams. I can rarely catch them live just because of the time it's on, but every now and then I'll go to his YouTube and jump and, and check out a show. He does good stuff. So check out Davy Crocco, ladies and gentlemen. Men can have sex that is totally one-sided. Yep. Can do that with women too. You still have two. Oh, okay. He still has Davy Crocco too. It is sex predicated on men's absolute sexual freedom. This is the, the, the irony of this. I'm sorry. Absolute sexual freedom, okay? She's angry about men exercising absolute, what she calls, quote, absolute sexual freedom. And again, I'm not a sex robot guy. It's not my thing. I think it's weird and creepy and I couldn't do it. Not interested in robots, man. I can't have sex with a machine. <laughs> you know what I mean? But haven't we been, haven't, hasn't the whole feminist lobby supposedly, apparently, allegedly been fighting for absolute sexual freedom for 50 years? Isn't that the point of this? Isn't that the whole point? 
absolute sexual freedom, not to be tied down by the expectations of culture and whatnot. No, fuck that. We can't let men have sexual freedom. We have sexual freedom, not you. <laughs> you just you just present when we want it. Oh, okay. And that's why we can't allow the men to have sex with the robots, you see. Because the robots act like women used to. <laughs> the robots are old-fashioned women. They're just ready and willing whenever you're ready. Whenever you're ready, babe. They don't speak unless spoken to. And they have sex whenever you demand it. <laughs> it's like the women of the 50s. Sounds amazing, doesn't it? Might get myself a... Uh, <laughs> Might get myself a 1950s Sophia Loren bot. How about that? Fuck them. A little bit exotic. Why not? To dominate and use a woman, yep. in inverted quotes, in inverted without quote. limitations. Without limitations. There's no because what Because what we want to do is put a whole bunch of limitations on sexual expression as feminists. Do you see the, the, the galactic own goal that's happening here? The galactic self-own? We want to put a whole bunch of limits on how people have sex. Oh, congratulations. Welcome to conservatism, my Marxist feminist friend. <laughs> Welcome to 1960s conservatism. So glad you could join us. Jesus Christ, these people are senseless. To perform well, no need to reciprocate, no need to consider the other party's feelings, no. enjoyment, discomfort, humiliation or pain. It is the experience of sex with a compliant woman that is all about the user's sexual fantasies with a woman, inverted commas, who never refuses and who can be used over and over again. Over and over again for a while until she turns about 30. Then we're going to have to trade her in. <laughs> Sorry. Till she starts getting wrinkles and shit. Then we get rid of her. I mean, imagine having this expectation that you're supposed to have sex with somebody over and over and over again. I mean, God, it's so old. It's so old hat. So old fashioned. What we need to do is regulate who people can have sex with and how often. Because that would be progress. <laughs> again, it's like they have they are intellectual salmon swimming against the current of their own thought pattern you know what I mean like the subtext to what she's saying here is the exact opposite of everything she would say she believes in how dare people have sexual freedom <laughs> how dare people be liberated sexually this is not what we're fighting for this is not what we're fighting for as feminists isn't it it's just mwah. I love these moments In the roboticization of consent... The, the roboticization of consent. Lawyer Cinziana too uh, describes what she calls the erosion of consent. And as male users get to experience sex with what is essentially a female sex slave. Okay, again, give up vibrators. Give up dildos, then we'll talk. You give up vibrators, then we'll talk. Because until that happens, I'm sorry, you don't really mean it. Did you ask that vibrator if it wants to be in your vagina? I don't think you did. I really don't think you did. You should. 
because it's it is a sex doll. It's a sex robot, a vibrator. Same thing. And she says, by design, sex robots do not have the ability to complain or reject the. <laughs> Jenny B in the chat. Whoa, 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 whoa! Let's not get crazy here. <laughs> user to the <laughs> frozen Asian in the chat I want to see her audience I think she wants to see her audience too because I'm not sure anybody's there <laughs> user the sex robot looks and feels like a real woman eh, not really I've seen them they're not good I told you though at 10,000 if we if we make 10,000 just say we make 10,000 followers on D live I will give away a sex robot to somebody I promise you that hand on heart Okay, okay, not a sex robot. They're too expensive. I'll, I will send a sex doll to somebody. We'll have a competition at 10,000 followers on DLive and we'll give away a sex doll. Because <laughs> fucking why not? <laughs> Where are we? What's going on here? It's Friday night. Who gives a fuck? Who is programmed into submission and which functions as a tool for sexual purposes. The sex robot is an ever-consenting sexual partner uh-huh. and the user has full control of the robot and the sexual interaction. Correct. That's exactly why men are buying them. <laughs> See, all of the reasons that she's saying that they're awful are all of the reasons that the guys who buy sex robots are like, that's why I have one. How can you say it's bad? That's the only reason I got this fucking thing. Because it because it shuts up and it does what it's told. I think robots are really bad because you don't have to get consent and you don't have to worry about pleasuring it. And the guy's like, wow, sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. I should get myself one of those things. Really? Where, where do you find these so-called sex robots? Some robots are intentionally programmed to refuse consent. Yes, somebody, Phobic Cruise in the chat asks, can I set it to non-consenting mode? Yes, you can. You can get a sex robot that fights you a little bit. Like true companions, Roxy, Frigid Farah personality. Frigid Farah. <laughs> Look at this. Look at this guy with his girl. Look at this guy with his woman. <laughs> this is what you're worried about? My God, it's so lifelike. I love, I love when stereotypes come come true, don't you? Both the doll and the man holding the doll are both stereotypically exactly what you would imagine when you think of somebody having sex with a robot. Is that an airport? I think it's a sex doll convention. <laughs> She's mouthing, help me. (laughs) Joey and G, Joey and G, I think she secretly wants a sex doll. (laughs) The company marketed this personality as being reserved and shy and who, if touched in a private area, will more than likely not be appreciative of your advance. So essentially what Frigid Farah provides users with is the embodied fantasy experience of raping a woman. (laughs) There you have it. And on that happy note, ladies and gentlemen, 
that brings us no further comment required. That, that brings us to the end of tonight's proceedings here on the Daily Boogie Friday Night Edition. Thank you so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Thank you to everyone who contributed tonight on DLive. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I'll be back at 6 p.m. on Monday. Don't forget later tonight, uh, follow our friends Coffee Talk with Sandra. Irrational Times will be on everybody's favourite lover, lover of French women, Mersh. At midnight, Joy of Pessy spent D, ladies and gentlemen, with Friday Night Joy of Pessy program. Tomorrow, Winning TV at 8. Uh, our good friend Phil D'Angelo and Winning TV going till God knows when. Thank you for the diamond catering. Thank you so much. Thank you to everybody who contributed tonight. Winning TV at 8 o'clock tomorrow. Then at 10 o'clock tomorrow, you've got Major Tom with the big empty on DLive with zeros for O's because everything in your life is that difficult. Followed by Joy of Pessy again on Saturday night at midnight with the midnight, the Saturday night riff party. Sunday, Frozen Asian and Spent D with... Who do I... Did I say Spent D before? I don't know. Frozen Asian and Spent D, front, uh, Sunday night shit show, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's about 9.30, 10, 10.30, something like that on DLive, dlive.tv slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And then after all of that, now because we're doing our new schedule, Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays for the stream, I'll be back Monday night at 6pm with another edition of The Daily Boogie. So thank you so much for joining us. I'm opening up the chest right now. It's an absolute pleasure. Uh, if you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course... If you'd like to tell me about your sex doll, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, Monday night at 6 p.m. Stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.